Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Man, I feel such a sweet presence of the Lord here tonight. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Somebody remembered. Lord, I think we used to do that every service. Every time somebody got a microphone. But he's still good. Amen. We're thankful for his goodness. Thankful for each and every one of you that are here uh, in present body with us tonight, and for those of you that have tuned in by way of the World Wide Web, we greet you in Jesus' name, and uh, what a blessing it is to be in God's house. We've mentioned it this morning, my family's been, I think we've been in church almost literally all weekend except for when we were sleeping. Um, I had the privilege and honor to preach a music conference Friday night, and that that was kind of a bucket list item for me. Uh, something I've always wanted to do, and uh, so I'm thankful for that. And uh, Saturday we had morning sessions. My wife and I were part of a panel uh, Q&A session uh, on a certain set of questions about how they fit in music in the church. And, and then we had practice, and practice. I think I got asked to play the organ for every group that sang Saturday night, so my right hand's killing me right now. Uh, but God's still good. Uh, God's still good, and uh, we we certainly love Him and appreciate Him for all of His blessings. And uh, what a, what a what a good day we've had here in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we had a very good group of people here this morning. Uh, we're thankful for that. We we had returning guests, and if by chance you're listening in tonight, I want you to know that you are welcome here at any time. And we are so glad to have you join in worship with us. And uh, we were supposed to have some guests here tonight as well. Uh, I do not see that they are here in physical presence, uh, but uh, hopefully they know that they are welcome here anytime. We, we want to grow the kingdom of God. The only thing we can take with us is people. Man, I tell you, I, I feel a cloud of the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I want, to, I want to minister to you. I won't keep you standing long. 1 Kings chapter 17. <clears throat> As you're turning there to verse number 8, I want to give honor to my bishop, my pastor. And I know that they're not here, but I still want to honor them. And I failed to do that this morning. I love and appreciate them more than they will ever know in this life. And uh, I honor them tonight. And I'm so, so very proud tonight of my son. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to wait till something bad happens to talk about what I wish I would have said. I'm, I'm proud of the good. Uh, never once imagined in my life that he would be standing behind a pulpit. Um, actually, actually, if I'm honest with you, and he may hear this later, and that's all right, because uh, I've told him this before in his life growing up. I actually prayed and wished that he wouldn't. Unless it was undeniably God called. Um, 
Apparently it is, so I won't touch that. So I stand to you tonight as a grateful parent and a, and a happy, proud parent tonight. First Kings 17 and verse number 8, thank you for being here and for tuning in to the Word of God. And the Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get to the Zarephath, which belongeth in Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. If you've been in church any moment of time, you have probably heard this scripture, and it's, it's a little poetic after you've read it so many times. But fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. A little ominous ending there. I'm getting two sticks for a really small fire for me and Junior, and we're going to eat a cake, and we're going to die. I want to minister to you tonight. I don't, I don't know how long this will be, how short it will be, but whatever it is, I want God to be in it. I want to minister to you tonight on this subject. God has what you need. God has what you need. I want to encourage someone tonight by the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Mighty God, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful, God, eternally for your grace, for your mercy, for who you are. God, your word is anointed. Now anoint these lips to speak your word. I need your help tonight. Strengthen my voice. Help me to do your will tonight in the name of Jesus. And we'll return to you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. God has what you need. There was a letter written to the editor of a local newspaper with the title, Why Go to Church? Posing this as a question to the newspaper constituency, the intent of the writer, who happened to be a churchgoer, was to complain to the readers that it made no sense to go to church every Sunday. I've gone the writer says, to church for 30 years now. And in that time, I've heard something like 3,000 sermons. But for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. <clears throat> so I think I'm wasting my time. And the pastors are wasting their time by giving sermons at all. It started a real controversy in the community and letters to the editor column started just flooding with uh, all kinds of responses, much to the editor's delight, because he was getting a lot of press for his article. And it went on for weeks until someone wrote this. A man wrote in and said, I've been married for 30 years now. In that time, my wife has cooked some 32,000 meals. But for the life of me, I can't not recall the entire menu of a single one of those meals. But I do know this. They all nourished me. They all gave me strength. 
And they gave me what I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would likely be dead today. Likewise, had I not gone to church, I would be spiritually dead today. This is a bit of an exaggerated point here tonight to remind us that those of us that have been in church for a while, that even when we don't see immediate benefits of serving God, God's still faithful. Coming to the house of God, loving God, God is still putting protection over us. He's still providing for us. He's still reaching for us. He's still holding us. He's still molding us. He's still healing us. He's still teaching us. And He's still doing everything He can do in 2021 to keep us. There is a blessing in coming to the house of God. I would even declare tonight a little further in 2021 because I know we've got some faithful church constituency at home that can't be here and I'll just declare to them that there's a blessing to tuning in online for church every time we have church. That's church to them. That's what they can do. That's the best that they've got. We want to provide that to the best of our ability and give them the opportunity to have church with us. And I'm telling you today, whether you're in this building or not, God sees everything you need. God sees where you're at. And He's still reaching for us in 2021. God's not giving up on you. God's not giving up on this church. God's not giving up on this community. God's still able. God's still available. God's still faithful. And God has what you need. Lord, have mercy, you got me screaming already. If you, I, I'm preaching to, to some innately faithful people tonight. And I get that. But if you're online and it's been a while since you've been to church, or if this is new to you, let me just remind you or let you in on a little secret today that my worst day in the church is still better than my best day in the world. Whenever I tell you that there's no place I'd rather be, that's not a cliche. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place that I can get what I need in life like I can at the feet of Jesus. He'll be the best high you'll ever get. And you can walk away sober. He's a healer when you need healing. There's just something about loving Jesus and what he does for us. This world can't do. And when you fall in love with Him, you fall in love, ladies and gentlemen, with everything you need. Because God has what you need. So when you're down, and it seems like you're down to nothing, know that God is always up to something. He's up to offering me a hand. He's up to helping me through my troubles. He hears my whispered prayers. I tell you, there's not every prayer I pray out loud. There's some whispered prayers. There might be some heart prayers. There might even be some mind prayers. But I'm telling you today, He hears everything. And if Satan is the prince and power of the air, God is the prince and power of everything. 
Oh, hallelujah. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Thank God for physical and spiritual nourishment tonight that when I'm empty, he has everything I need to the full. Because the truth is, sometimes I come to church empty. Sometimes you give till you've got nothing to give. Thank God. He has what we need. Zig Ziglar is quoted as once saying, we need a checkup from the neck up. Most of our problems, not all, not all, and I, I, I understand that and I admit that tonight, but a whole lot of our problems often start in our mind. So I just come to remind some people tonight, I, I might be a little shallow tonight, this isn't deep waters, but I just come to remind some people tonight that God has what you need. And not only does God have what you need, He has what you need when you need it. So don't give up. Don't stop just because you haven't seen it yet. Because God doesn't operate on your clock. And just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean he hasn't done it on time. God's still an on-time God. I'm preaching by faith tonight, but I still believe it's true. I'm telling you, God is an on-time God. When you've got more month than you've got money, God's still an on-time God. When you don't know where you're going to do next, God's still an on-time God. When you're too sick to see straight, God's still an on-time God. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord and shout hallelujah. He knows exactly how much you need. He's, he's often not a God of excess. This, this isn't in my notes, but I feel like the Lord just dropped it in my lap. You know, if you look at the children of Israel in the Old Testament, when God gave them provision, when he gave them quail, when he gave them manna, he told them, take enough for your family for one day. He's not a God of excess. But he's a God of provision. He's a God that will give, I think he, he, in the spirit, in my mind's eye, I see it, Brother Malone, I think he's, he's just measuring it out. Exactly how much I need. Not for a lifetime. He's measuring out what do I need today. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, it may just be one day at a time, sweet Jesus. But that's all right because he's still going to be there tomorrow. And after he, oh, I feel my help now. And after he's measured out what I need for tomorrow and I come back the next day, he's got another provision. And then the next day, he's got another provision. God will walk with you daily. He just wants you to walk with him daily. He's got it measured. He's got it ready. He has exactly what you need. Thank you, Jesus. Elisha has just prophesied to King Ahab. And he told him that there wasn't going to be any rain. A very sizable amount of time passes by. Things are dry. Cattle are thin. Horses are dying. 
Animals and crops are starving for water. The ground is parched under the heat of the sun and the dryness of the atmosphere. The economy is bent under the strain of the drought. The heavens seem like bronze and the earth is iron. The Bible tells us that the brook Cherith dried up. But God's care for his people, his kindness for his people, his provision for his people never fails. You know what? God never takes a nap. I like my naps. <clears throat> Even if it, yesterday, yesterday we, we left, we got out of, we got out of our, our morning session, I believe, at 1.30. We had some group practices, music practices. I got, we got to the car, I believe, at about 2.45, maybe 2.30, to go to lunch. We had to be back at church by 5. So we go to lunch. Fortunately, they were, they were kind of Johnny on the spot. God blessed us. We got our food pretty quick. We got in and out. We got back to the hotel, I believe, at... A little after 3.30, <clears throat> I got settled in, told my wife, I said, I got time for a nap. It was only 20 minutes, but I had time for a 20-minute refresher because I needed that. God don't need that. He never gets tired. He's never, so when you wake up in the middle of the night, he's there. When you, when you are tired, he's not. Go ahead and rest. Because he's got you. When you're stressed and strained and can't sleep, go ahead and sleep in peace. Because he's on watch. When you don't have the answer for the, when the sun comes up tomorrow, God's still on guard duty. He's still on watch. He's just as faithful today as he was for Elijah. He's still just as faithful as he's ever been. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God hasn't changed, and according to his word, he won't change. 1 Kings 17 finds Elijah being instructed by God to go to the city of Zarephath. Stands to reason that due to the drought that Elijah will be in need. So God... Tells Elijah, now follow the story closely here, because God operates in some very strange ways. Let me clarify, they seem strange to us. He knows what he's doing. But God tells Elijah that in Zarephath, that there will be a widow woman there to sustain him. Fred, that's just a little hard to take. Maybe it's pride or ego. I don't, I don't know. But a, a widow woman is going to sustain? Isn't she the one that needs help? Okay, God. This is why sometimes when God doesn't make sense, you have to trust. Because I'm telling you, if you look at this passage in carnal eyes, there's not a thing about it that makes sense. But God knows. Zarephath is a place of dying. 
It was located, that's, that's what it means. It was located to, through near two larger cities mentioned in the Bible, Tyre and Sidon. In the city of Zarephath, prior to the drought, it was the location of production for purple dye, olive oil, metal goods, and pottery. Kind of a manufacturing hub. So notice how God is putting everything together to provide for the sustainment of life through a place of dying. Because all of those things, those provisions, they're, they're just kind of gone. Droughts ruined everything. If a man died in Bible times, his widow often suffered at the hands of the powerful. Especially if she had no children or family to take care of her. In agreement with the Mosaic law, God had provided this widow with the opportunity to glean in the fields, orchards, and vineyards after harvesting was complete. As a widow, she not only suffered the loss of her husband, but she also lost, this is in Bible times, she also lost all social and economic status. Widows in ancient days were kind of an outcast. We can only assume that the death of her husband was due to the drought. We don't know that, but I, that's, that's just how I play the script in my head. But it's evident that this city has been uh, ravaged by the drought that they have. She doesn't have much. But as the old song says, little is much when God is in it. We find in our scripture text tonight that she had a little oil in a cruise and a handful of meal in a barrel. And she was gathering two sticks, two sticks, to fuel her fire. Now, let me tell you something. That's not a very big fire. I'm not an expert fire maker. But two sticks, our firemen can correct me tonight, but I don't think a, a, a two-stick fire would be that hard to put out. Probably not going to burn very long. Probably just going to cook the cake long enough to be edible. Probably not a very big cake. What, what's, what's, what's your point? My, my, my point that I'm trying to make, and, and, and I'm kind of giving you this a little bit through my imagination tonight, but I don't get, I don't sense the feeling that she's trying too hard to live. She's giving up. She's gotten to the place where she looks to her left, she has nothing. She looks to her right, she has nothing. She looks behind her, she has nothing. She looks in front of her, she has nothing but her son, a couple of ounces of oil, and a handful, I don't know how big her hand was, but a handful of meal. And that's it. There doesn't seem to be an end to the drought. No jobs available in the manufacturing hub of Zarephath because now they're dying. I can't see a way out, God. So I'm just going to cook my last meal and I'm going to die. I feel like I'm talking to somebody tonight, either in this building or, or joined and tuned in with us online tonight, that you might be at a point in life where that it feels like nothing's going right. Nothing's working. 
Why should I even try? But I want to remind you that God sees beyond our present reality. And when we don't think there's a way, God's got the way. He may not have revealed it to you yet because once again, He's measuring out daily what you need. And I'm telling you, there is a victory if you don't stop. There is a victory if you keep walking. If you don't stop on God, God's not going to stop on you. Life, life may have dealt you some circumstances that are less than desirable. You might even be bitter over a few things. Hurt, wounded. You might even wonder why. Why go on? But let me, let me just remind you one more time. And I know tonight I'm being redundant, but I'm doing that on purpose because I want to get, get the point across tonight that God has what you need. And I'm reaching for somebody tonight to just hold on one more day. Don't give up on a Sunday night in, in September 2021. Give God another chance. Keep giving in to God. Keep worshiping God. Keep coming to church. Keep tuning in online. Keep doing what you know to do. And let God do what God does best. Oh, hallelujah. That's, that's something that I have, I have been praying. That's a phrase that I have been praying and I have been worshiping to for the last several months uh, it, that just came to me over the summer and that is, uh, God, I'm going to do what I can do and I'm going to let you do what you do best. Because what He does best is what only He can do. There are certain things in my walk of life I can't control. I'm going to stop worrying about the things I can't control and worry about making sure I'm in tune with God and let God control what God can control. And whenever I release that control to God, there's blessings that flow. There's victory that flows. It may not be an overnight victory, but step by step, I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to feel right, and I'm going to feel the blessings in favor of God because, ladies and gentlemen, God's got what you need. He's got it at the right time. He's got it at the right place. Just don't give up. Oh, somebody lift your hands and praise Him. Don't quit. Let me take it a step further to our local assembly here. If you're a Sunday school teacher and you're discouraged, keep teaching. If you're, if you're cleaning the church and you're discouraged, keep cleaning. If you're a Sunday school helper and you're discouraged, keep helping. Don't quit when you don't know what else to do. You know, one of the things that trip us up and get us in the most trouble is sometimes we come up against a position in life where I just, well, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. Well, do you know what you're supposed to do? No. Then don't quit. If you don't know God's calling you to something else yet, keep doing what you're doing until you know. Because it's a trap of the enemy to quit and to disengage. Because everybody gets frustrated. Everybody gets discouraged. And everybody, 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 listen to me tonight, everybody everybody wants to walk away from it sometimes. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, everybody wants to walk away sometimes. Everybody wants to stop doing what they're doing sometimes. I, I, I can guarantee you, I, I'll speak for myself for just a moment. Yes, there are times that this preacher wants to walk away from it sometimes. There are times I am tempted to say, you know what, I'm just not going to play anymore. I'm not going to sing anymore. And it's, it has nothing to do with anybody. It has to do with me. It has to do with my relationship with God. It has to do with where, whatever frustration I'm facing or whatever element of life isn't going right. The discouragement can be very real. And make no mistake about it, your adversary can turn your discouragement, in, your small discouragement, into something that's a whole lot larger. And he can make that discouragement feel so big and so heavy like a boulder on your shoulders. And I've come to declare tonight that Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. We talked about it this morning. I didn't plan it this way. But lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. God is always with you, and we should never tire of the fact that God's got what we need. I'm telling you, church, I need him. I need him on Sunday. I need him on Monday. Every day of the week we can go through it and march through it. I need God. I need the blessing and the favor and the provision that only God can provide. I'm not talking about money right now. I'm just talking about life. I need spiritual nourishment and provision. I need things in this life that only God can give me. So I'm thankful today that because, that since I need that, he's got it. So Elijah continues with this little two-stick fire. You know, what I would call a widow's death sentence. Remember, God told Elijah before he ever even got there. Before he took, I don't know where he was at. I don't recall if the Bible tells us or not right now from memory, but wherever Elijah was, he had to go to Zarephath. So he had, he had to travel to get there. And it makes no difference if it was 30 minutes or 30 days. He had to travel to get there. And before starting his travel, God says, go to Zarephath. Go to a place that is in the worst economic condition of the entire region. And I'm going to not only sustain you there, but I'm going to do it through the hands of a widow. I tell you what, that's strange enough that only God can do it. In the eyes of man, it would be very difficult for most of us to accept provision from someone in such dire straits. It doesn't make any sense in humanity. Brother Terry, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, to see... Uh, if we envision a, a, a widow, we put it in modern day terms, a widow standing there with, with a $100 bill in her hand and we know that she's about to eat her last meal and die, but she's trying to give you money? Really? That don't make any sense. Oh, I can't do that. You need that to live. 
That's not, God doesn't always operate in what makes sense to us. He tells Elijah before he ever leaves, he said, go to Zarephath. I'm going to sustain you through the hands of a widow. 1 Kings 17 and 11. And as she was going to fetch it, he, he's told her to go get what she has. He called to her. She's on her way to get her oil. He calls to her and he says, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now, if we're honest with ourselves tonight, and we just kind of get out of the spiritual element of church just a bit, and we forget the fact that this is the Bible, and that we believe God's Word, and that there's a reason, and this is more than just a Sunday school story. If we're honest with ourselves, and we just kind of get out of the text a bit, if you were reading this in a book that was not the Bible, we would think, how dare he? Who does that selfish, self-centered, who does he think he is? That's how this doesn't make sense. That's how much it doesn't make sense. But he knows. He doesn't know what I don't think he knows what God's plan is entirely, but he knows he's there to be sustained. The Bible continues, verse number 13. And Elijah said unto her. Fear not. We say those words a lot, but I'm telling you, those words are powerful. Because can you imagine, if we, if we really kind of play the context of the plot out, I'm the widow. I know that's a stretch, but for obvious reasons. And the man of God has just said, I know... I know you're about to eat your last meal. I know you've given up. And I know you've only got a two-stick fire brewing, and that's not going to last you very long. But I want you to go get what you've got, and I want you to give it to me. Now, obviously, she was obedient. There's a lot to be said for that. But can you imagine as she's walking away the thought that's going through her mind? oh, I'm going to die a whole lot faster than I thought I was. That last cake was going to take me and Junior at least a few more days. Now, it, it's, it, it's, it's about here. He, but he says, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after... Make for thee and thy son. If I were to dip my hand in a pot of flour or meal, cornmeal, cornmeal especially, dip your hand in there and pull it up, what generally happens is whatever's on the outside edge of the palm, you, you lose. It falls off. You, you don't get everything you grab. So when we think in terms that she's got just a handful of meal, what she's got is likely just in the palm of her hand. But he says, make me a cake. 
and then make you one? Is this a cake for small people? But he continues. Now watch verse 14 because the tone of the conversation is about to change just a bit. Elijah says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I feel power whenever you read those words because everything changes when God steps into the story. The barrel of meal. She hasn't cooked yet. The barrel of meal, watch this now, shall not waste. Ooh. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. This woman who's about to die, this woman who is obediently going to give her last meal, her two-stick fire meal to the man of God, because of her obedience, because of her listening to the voice of God and believing, now she doesn't have to worry about that little bit of meal in the palm of her hand. Now she doesn't have to worry about just a little tiny bit of oil and her little small person cake that she's about to make for Junior and they're going to go off into a corner field somewhere and die. Now she is facing the simple fact that when I thought I was going to die today, I am going to live tomorrow. Because thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just simply come to tell you, when you let God step into your story, He'll rewrite the ending. When you let God step in, He's got what you need. Oh, hallelujah. When you let God step into your story, He's going to change everything. And He will give you what you need. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you have need of in this hour. I don't know what you need tomorrow, but I know the one who does. And the provisions of the provider are always greater than the need. God is able. God is able. God is able. Somebody shout it with me. God is able. God has what we need today. There's a blessing in obedience. There's a blessing in faithfulness. So just because you don't see it yet, don't stop yet. Keep walking. Because if the Spirit of the Lord could open our mind, sometimes I think that the victory is just a half a step away and discouragement sets in and we give up because we can't see what God's doing. But if our eyes could be open, I believe victory and blessings is staring at us. It's within an arm's reach. It's right there. You can't feel it. You can't see it. But God's got it for you. Stand with me tonight. God has what you need. God has what you need. Oh, could you lift your hands and just magnify the Lord together? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.